Hey guys, I'm Nat. And I'm Ashton. And, and we, we are, are the, the Nerds, Nerds in Flannel. flannel. Yeah, and baby, we Zoom. are recording on Zoom again. Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, welcome back to a very special episode of Nerds in Flannel. Yes, very. Um, So, yes. Ashton, why don't you tell the lovely folks uh, what movie we watched on Friday? Yes, Friday. It's Sunday today. Um, well, what did we watch two days ago? I'll give you I'll I'll give you a couple hints. So this movie included um, some electrifying action. Oh, electrifying! I like it. Some, yes, yes. Uh, you know, like thunderous emotions. Oh, thunderous emotion! And lots of love. 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 L o v e y. That's that's an that's a verb. Yeah. Um, is it? Is it actually? Oh yeah, it is. I, <laughs> Dude, I didn't do. I didn't do well in English. Okay. You, you can tell. Ah uh, yes. Well, love is an action. Therefore, um, the action movie we saw that had love in it. See what I did there? Very clever. Yes, that's good. I, uh, I, I got that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Thor: Love and Thunder. Thor: Love and Thunder. Yes. The highly anticipated fourth movie of the Thor franchise. Well, fourth. The only MCU um, character to have four movies. Yeah. Don't really, know why. It's pretty impressive for any like big action movie to get a fourth sequel after this long of it being out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the first two were, let's say, let's say good. Let's say good. Um, the third one was, it was really good. It was really good. Um and I think you'll like to uh, hear our takes on this one um, because Ash and I have some similar uh, thoughts, but also I have some very strong opinions. But, yeah, you know, we'll get to that later. I usually do. I'm usually the one with hot takes. <laughs> I got. I just got some emotions in this one, so that's like really all mine is gonna be. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, Ashton, before we talk about um, this movie, um, I want to open up a can. I'm sorry, a bottle, a bottle. Oh, a bottle. Mountain Dew and poured it into my Thor Love and Thunder Cineplex cup with uh, a Jane Foster topper. This dude, man, he's just like a baller. Yeah, man. Also, I have the bucket down at my feet, but I'm not going to show <laughs> The bucket, the popcorn bucket. The popcorn bucket, baby. Ayo. Yeah, so here we open this Mountain Dew on, on my mic. Oh. Yeah, let's just pour it here. Here's an AMS, ASMR. <laughs> just a little bit. Right by my mic. See, oh. I'm not drinking Mountain Dew, and I don't have a fancy Thor cup. I'm just drinking this awesome... It's not wine, but it tastes like wine, but it's like alcohol-free juice. <laughs> so just juice? <laughs> yeah, just juice. Just <laughs> Look at this. Look at this. Oh, yeah. All right, Ashton. Tell me what you thought of this fourth installment of the four, Thor. Wow, four. Thor franchise. Okay. Well, I know that you put out a spoiler-free review on your personal channel. So if y'all want did. the spoiler-free stuff, check that out because it's, it's a good video. I, I'm assuming. I, I still haven't watched it because I was waiting for this to hear all your thoughts on it before I go and watch it but everything everything I'm gonna say is in the video yeah 
which is hey, Van City Nat on YouTube, Check it out. <laughs> which is why I still haven't seen it yet because you know I want to have the conversation because that makes it interesting. Oh, what uh, a good friend! But I, I intend to watch it after, so there we go. Uh, yeah, so uh, check out the non spoiler thing. But I think, in terms of everything else we're about to talk about, this is going to be heavy spoiler territory. So, yeah, heavy warns. spoiler. Ba, 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 ba. If you want my non spoiler, like, sentence of what I thought, um great movie fun movie uh if if you find this relatable like i did then you will have an awesome time with it uh and if you don't it's still gonna be a fun movie you still might like the third one better but there you go that's kind of my non-spoiler review and hopping right into spoilers let's do it let's do it (sighs) so where do we begin this was a really, like, it was an interesting movie. This is one of the shorter MCU movies to come out. Running out an hour and 58 minutes, I think, right? Yeah, I, something like that. That most, sounds right. Sounds about right. 158. Oh, I was right. Right on right on the money. Yeah, I think most yeah, me, MCU movies of MCU. come in. At, yeah, check, check it out to that correct. But I think most of them, I think it's safe to say most of them are over two hours. <clears throat> let's see like maybe just like 10 minutes longer or something um yeah most of them i think the average runtime they said was and now we're two hours two hours yeah yeah which is fair that's like a that's an average of how many movies are we at now like 20 we're 30 now aren't we are we at 30 we gotta shoot. be at 30 now shoot want me to count sure <laughs> Lots of counting. 17, wait, wait, 17, 17 at Ragnarok. 17 at Ragnarok. He's invested. 29, almost 30. Wow. Yeah, 29 movies. That's a lot for a franchise. Yes. Um, But considering that's, that... And that's not including the TV shows. Yeah, not including the TV shows. So there's a lot of content in the MCU. But considering that, you know, an average of 29 movies runs in at two hours is kind of crazy. Um, but yeah. Oh, so this... Fun fact. Sorry. Quick, quick. Sure. Thing. Fun fact. It's going to take 93 hours to watch all the Marvel TV shows and movies in one sitting. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I no, don't know. no breaks. It would take you three and a half days. I don't have the patience or strength required Might have for to. that. <laughs> maybe... Sorry, Ashley, go ahead. <laughs> maybe like... To end off the summer or something. No, dude, that's too much. I'm going to fucking die. <laughs> too many movies at once. Um, yeah, bro. Yeah, so I personally think this movie could have... I think if it was like 10 minutes longer, it could have fleshed out a couple more things better. I'm going to hop yes. into the things I really liked about it. So first off... Okay, yeah, let's do that. Let's do the pros and we'll do the cons. Sure. First off, I really enjoyed uh, the characters selection. Um, it was cool to see the guardians of the galaxy in it and yes. in the beginning uh j- just like getting their presence in the movie was pretty cool and seeing like korg pretty much in the, the beginning of the movie explain everything that they needed to kind of get us from Endgame to where they want the story to kind of start at is really cool especially when you consider that korg is played by taika watiti 
So he's director, like for those who the director. He like wrote it. So he's just like he's kind of writing all this uh, what you need to know, but giving it in a very humorous, very like slimmed down way that I felt satisfied with yes. when we kind of figure out what's happening with Thor and the Guardians. And I think a lot of people thought the Guardians were going to take a big role in this movie. I'm actually kind of happy that they were sized down a bit. Yeah, um, I'm really glad that that's ha- that happened too. Yeah, because it kind of, with trying to juggle that many Guardians, and I think the movie even did struggle with this a bit, it's kind of hard to like have that many characters. Uh, like Yeah, absolutely. It struggled with the Guardians in the beginning with that. Because you need a lot more time to really flesh out a lot of these interactions and stuff. So it wasn't worried about developing the Guardians. It just kind of kept the Guardians at where they're at. Um, but it really just went on and tied together the older Thor movies, the non-Taika movies, and kind of made everything like... It, it just brought Thor's story up to this point to where it needed to be for this movie to make sense. Yeah. Um, so I, w- I was pretty happy with the beginning there. <laughs> I would say, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed, I actually really enjoyed Natalie Portman's uh, Mighty Thor. And if you didn't know, in the comics, uh, Jane Foster is the Mighty Thor. And the reason she's the Mighty Thor is because she has cancer. <clears throat> um, it's like stage four cancer. I forget if it's stage four in the movies or if it's just in. It is stage four in the, the movie. Book, stage sorry. four in the comics. Stage four in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, it was stage four in the movie, and yeah, so it was pretty cool that, like, cancer sucks, and I'll get more into some of the other stuff with the ending of the movie. Um, but it was it was pretty interesting and pretty cool that they continued on with using that um, storyline for her character. I yeah it, it really kind of brought like this whole new like stake into the movie that was like oh my gosh <laughs> uh and the comics right. do that really well too so I thought that was really cool um let's see I guess Korg as an overall character is just like still one of my favorite characters uh just because whenever he's on screen you know you're gonna laugh like it's it's yeah. nice having it, those characters kind of like a Barney Stinson character you know it really is. It really is. At that point, it is. Yeah, um, I love. I, I love seeing all the different like Norse and mythology and Greek gods and stuff all on that one planet. Um, that was really cool. Christian Bale's acting in this movie is just hands down so amazing. Like he invested himself into this role. Um, I think for me, he's the best part of the movie. I know a lot of people wouldn't say that, but to me, he is. That's fair. Yeah, like he. I don't care what you say. This is my god. <laughs> Yeah, he he played a very convincing villain. Um, yeah. Now, I'll get into some of the stuff because very convincing villain, but with like an asterisk because of some of the, the stuff with that villain, which I'll get into when we go over the stuff we didn't really like about it. Um, I love the goats, that meme. That was great. Ah! Um, and I really, really loved, this is kind of like the, I think probably the thing, one of the things I loved most from this movie was that fight and the shadow that, the shadow realm oh dude dude one of the best fight scenes in the mcu see it's so funny because when you see a taika movie like especially after ragnarok you're just like oh that was one of the most colorful vibrant like color palettes that we've seen uh in any like mcu movie ever and then you know people have this expectation especially with like the logo for thor love and thunder 
and then you get like this scene and it was like i i actually like i don't know if they did this yet but it would be so cool if they actually shot that in grayscale um and it was so cool too maybe because that's a whole other challenge and it looked very convincing but then it was also really cool to see uh to see gore like still kind of colored a bit yeah because he's 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 technically just gray he's technically just gray his his eyes are yellow eyes are yellow and he's also wearing a white tunic um and all that stuff was still like you could still see that pop of color in him but everyone else looked out of place there which was like just even an extra bit of like dang this is like awesome Um, it it added to the storytelling and uh yeah visual storytelling like that's what i love seeing in these movies um, and like when uh, Jane had the hammer and was glowing blue, and so the blue yeah. would shine on her face. Same with uh, Valkyrie and the thunderbolt would be yellow on her face, and it'd be really cool effect. Really, really cool effect. Just yeah, just a crazy awesome effect. Um, even with Stormbreaker too, and then you know with the whole Bifrost thing that coming into play, it was just awesome. Really so, love that. Um, and then the other stuff. Let's see. I, yeah, again, I love the emotional stakes in this movie. Um, I thought those were, like, terrific. And I really loved, I kind of want to save one of, like, my biggest thing I loved about this movie till the end. Like, after we go over some of the stuff we hated. Um, Sure. But, yeah, I, you know, like, it was a funny movie. Um, It it felt like a rom-com. It felt like, you know, Marvel just came off of this, like, thriller slash horror movie with dr strange and now they're coming into like this rom-com-ish sort of you know fun comedy with thor and i thought that was like a pretty great way to have those two movies i also just one other big thing i loved about this and then i'll i'll let you go and then we can talk about stuff we hated after i guess but another big thing i loved about this was um yeah it w- sorry i was i was just reading a text from my watch for my boss um another really big thing i loved about this was just the whole idea of it being a singular verse story i love the yeah. whole multiverse setup but we've gotten a lot of that and yeah, yeah sometimes it's nice to just sit back and see a movie that's like you know you could go into this with only needing to see maybe a couple of them instead of like a bunch and a few tv shows you know? Yeah, I know. It was, it's a really good one-off movie. Yeah. Um, that also sets up a lot of stuff um, without, like, taking too much away from the story. You know what I yeah. mean? I felt like, especially, like, in... Oh, what was it? Like, in, okay, I know it was, like, Spider-Man No Way Home. I set up a lot, um, but it also took away a little bit from the story, I want to yeah. say. Um, maybe that's because, like... Well, if for people who don't know... um. Uh, Doctor Verse into the multiverse. Doctor Verse. Doctor Verse. <laughs> Doctor Strange. Put those verses, into, Doctor. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Doctor Strange into the multiverse uh, was supposed to come out before uh, No Way Home, but because of COVID and because they need a little more time to work on the movie, uh, they decided to release uh, No Way Home first, and that's why the like the multiverse stuff in that movie is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you watch the multiverse movie before No Way Home, then it's a lot better. Um, that's just kind of not really their fault. Just, like, I get it. It takes a long time to make a movie. Yeah. Um, but especially for, like, 
Guardians of the Galaxy 2 to go out a lot. I, I feel like... But that movie is sick. I love that movie so much. Yeah. No. Um, it's going to... You don't want to say what you like? Are you good? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Uh, I, I won't... Okay, so I... Actually, you know what? Let me read you something. Let me okay. let me read you something. Okay. So uh, I read this uh, review on IMDb. Uh, and this critic's name is Vansity Nat. Oh, sounds familiar. Um, yeah, sounds familiar. Um, and here's what this this amazing critic says. It states the title An is. Actually, do you know what? No, no, do you know what? This is more like, this is okay. You know what? I'll say this for what I hate about it. Okay. You know what? Yeah, I'll say this for what I hate. Okay. Um, what I love about this movie is, I feel like it has its own personality. Hmm. Um, as like it's, it's meant to be funny, but it's also me- like like you said per- per- perfectly. It's like a rom com, and you know how much we love rom coms. Yeah. And uh, it just feels like they were having a lot of fun, and that's a, that's fun to see because you know if they're having fun, I'm having fun, and it's it's just a good time for everyone. Uh, to preference, I saw this movie tw- uh, before Ashton and I saw it. Um, I saw it two nights in a row. Yes, I know I'm crazy. <laughs> uh, but the thing is, watching it, tw- watching it the second time, it kind of just it it doesn't do really well on repeat viewings. Uh, but so it's not really what I like about it. But what I like about it is, it it ca- it can carry itself. You know what I mean? Hmm. It's its own film. Uh, it's pretty funny at some points uh, but we'll get into that um i do love the colors because you know I, i'm a big color for guy love la la land i loved ragnarok uh but my uh, since you're talking about your favorite part of the movie i want to talk about mine but one of my favorite parts um in the movie is also that like pl- uh, black um uh, black and white fight on the moon whatever moon i think it's a moon yeah the it shadow called, place. it's called a moon the shadow realm or whatever it's called and I also loved how, like, really no one died. Actually, no, that's a big fat lie. Never mind. Oh, I'm, I, that's that's bad. Um, yeah, no, never mind. And I love the way, like, how they... What's the word? Okay, so, spoilers, obviously. Um, when they went to, um, what's it called? An, uh, the God Planet? What's it called? I, f- I forget. Yeah, where uh, Zeus... Wait, is this is Zeus? Yeah, where Zeus is. I love the fact that if you look in the background, there's just a bunch of Easter eggs. Um, oh yeah, yeah, we were talking about this one. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you, yeah, um, Jennifer Connelly's in it. Um, yes, Jennifer Connelly is in this movie. Uh, obviously, she played the voice of Karen um, in, in Spider Man Homecoming, Far From Home. Oh, I thought it was Homecoming. Oh, it's, I thought it was Far From Home. Oh, I'm dude. I couldn't get Far From Home is uh, yeah with Edith. Yeah, Did she do bad. the voice of Edith? Um, I don't know. I have no clue. Yeah, no, she's the voice of Karen um, in Spider-Man Homecoming and also the wife of Paul Bettany. We, we talked about this before on the Top Gun pod, but, you know, uh, Paul Bettany plays Vision um, in, you know, the Avengers movies, and I think that's pretty cool. And one thing, another thing I love is Christian Bale. Uh, Christian Bale absolutely steals the show in most of the scenes he's in. Yeah. Obviously, he's 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 been nominated for Oscars. He's been, I think he's, I think he won. Did he win? I can't. I don't know if he won an Oscar. Uh, let's check real quick. Obviously, he's a great actor. He's been in. He's obviously the Dark Knight. He's been in the Fighter, uh, American Psycho. Let's see, has he won? Let's see, 
He's won one Oscar. For oh, what? I can't remember for which one. No. Uh, I think it's The Fighter. Yeah, I just I want to say it's The Fighter. Let's check. Sorry, guys. Let me just check real quick. Winner. Oh, that's not an Oscar win, though. Did he just... Did he not win for... No. Academy Awards. Oh, he's never won. Oh, no, he won in 2011 for The Fighter. Yeah, I was right. Great movie. Oh, uh, yeah, so Christian Bale loved him in this movie. He adds, like, this really gut-wrenching performance in the beginning uh, where, you know, Gore is pleading to this one god after his daughter dies. And you feel, you feel that because, you know, Bale isn't a, an amazing actor who's done a lot of things. And it just shows, like, when you get good actors in movies like this, it really helps. Uh, that's why Robbie Robert Downey Jr. and you know, um, especially I want to say, oh, what's his name? Yeah, I know this is gonna hot, be a hot take. Jeremy Renner, I find it as a really good actor. I, I do too. Kind of the same. He's kind of He's same underrated. in a lot of movies. Underrated actor, but he helps those movies a lot, especially the Hawkeye series. Yeah. And yeah. Sorry, guys. I'm just rambling there. I oh. Actually, can I go into what... Are we, are we ready to do what we don't like about it? Sure. Okay, let me go into that first real quick. All right. Here is my uh, my review that I posted on um, on IMDB.com. You can find my profile, Advancing957. And here's what I said. that I put the title. The title is, Tries Way Too Hard to Be Funny. Uh. And it, this, is why, this is what I say. Thor Love and Thunder is a very basic movie that often feels very predictable. The first 30 minutes are quite sluggish and full of recaps from previous movies, making the, ti- making the titular character a funny guy often distracts the audience from the truly emotional moments. This film's biggest problem comes from its need to make the audience laugh. This film tries way too hard to be funny, often feeling like they should have added a laugh track. The ending of this film feels very lazy and slightly ruins a character that needed a satisfying ending. Unfortunately, this is one of the best Thor films because the first two Thor films were not that good. But it does not live up to the comedic timing and charm of the film that came before it. What do you think, Ashton? I agree with that. That was actually one of my complaints, one of the the things I was going to talk about. Because as much as I like the jokes in this movie... There were times they shouldn't have joked around. Yes. Um, like, I want to talk about that opening scene where, where, sure. where I could talk about Gore is, Christian Bale is pleading to that god. That that guy playing the god, it was like they were in two different movies. So, like, yeah. Christian Bale was given this, like, amazing performance. His daughter just died. And then the other god's like, ha, 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 I have, like, girls over there. <laughs> it's just, I, I really wish they would have want found a tone and stuck with it yeah. i feel like this movie is very um tonally bipolar can i can i say that Am yeah. I allowed to say that word these days um <laughs> yeah it's really hard um to like put into words how much i hated some of the jokes um especially one thing i, t- I talked about this with chanel um one scene i hated was you know when um, Thor finds that like big dragon god, yeah, and then he finds Sif, and then she's like, "Yo, let me die! I want to uh, to you know be in Valhalla," and then he's like, "I don't think that works. You you're missing an arm. Maybe your arm is in Valhalla." And then she's like, "Oh crap," but she doesn't say "oh crap." 
Um, she's dying. Get her to the freaking hospital, man. That's I know they're gods, but that's a scene where like you don't need very much, like you don't need any, much comedy because I think Sif. We haven't seen her since the second movie. Is she in the second movie? She's in the second, yeah. Yeah, so like we haven't seen her for how many years since that movie came out, and that's their like that's how they reunite. I just don't find it that satisfying. Yeah. Uh, and especially with the goats, the goats yelling every five minutes kind of got on my nerves a little bit. And you know, just I know I know they try to make Thor this funny guy, but like I said, sometimes it just takes out of the scenes where it they just need to be serious. Um, yeah. And maybe that's because they didn't really find a tone. And that's my biggest problem with the movie. Um, Ash, what do you think? Yeah. No, I agree with that. Um, I think, yeah, like this movie was trying to be like Ragnarok. And I think the reason why Ragnarok worked is because Thor's life went to crap. And the audience could relate with him using humor, which he hasn't really used before, as sort of this defense mechanism, right? And then Infinity War kind of carried that on things still suck but that one Thor was a lot more emotional like way more than he was and and then even in Endgame he was even like you know he was fat Thor but he was still able to shine he had all he had this emotion to him because you know he, there's a reason he became fat Thor right it's because he felt like a That's failure justified, yeah. it's justified you know he's living in regret pretty much um he's it, you know we, we see him as a distressed character and again he's using humor as a way to kind of cope and like i've done that before i, I know many we people that do. do that we all do that um so that's I do why it was a lot <laughs> i do it a lot too and that's why it worked but for love and thunder there's just scenes where it doesn't make sense for him to automatically be funny anymore i think he really exactly. needed to be a little more serious um partly because like some of the stuff he's going through like kidnap kids why would you really like joke about that as much as he did i kind of found that part annoying because no one takes anything seriously in this film no one takes anything seriously he's like oh i'll go find the kids and then all of a sudden like oh no stormbreaker can't do the whole bifrost thing and you know we really thought and he's trying to be like comedic and have this entrance and get people to like him and it's like dude kids just got kidnapped and you're a superhero and like they're asgardian kids and asgard is like still pretty much destroyed it's on earth now so you're really going to there is no asgard so you're really going to risk pretty much the rest of like asgard because you know the next generation to kind of go off and be funny like that really you're gonna go lollygag while kids are kids lives are at stake come on yeah Yeah, so it's stuff like that where I felt like, ugh, why? <laughs> Don't do this. Um, but, you know, there was some there was some humor that I think made sense for the movie. Like, I really love that Hercules scene where he flicks and then Thor's like, oh, you flicked too hard, damn it. And all of a sudden he's like, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's like that, that one was like legitimately funny. Um, okay. I passed out too. Yeah, yeah, I did, I did too. Even though we we only we, we only saw the rear, or socks kinda though. Fine, though. <laughs> kind of fine. Um, kinda apparently fine. he had been waiting for like ten years to do a like nude butt scene. Just a side note. And it had Fun to facts. be in a Marvel movie. And it had to be in a Marvel movie. Uh, Thor had one, or sorry, Hulk had one in the last one, so it's acceptable. Um, 
but yeah, so those are some of the things that, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. It, at times, even when he's like first fighting with Gore after finding out Jane became like Thor and has Mjolnir and all that, he's like making jokes with Gore and it's like, dude, you're staring death in the face right now. <laughs> like, really? And you just found out that, you know, your ex-girlfriend has your hammer and your hammer's alive that you were so emotional over in the last movie. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I like I couldn't really take anything seriously, man. Like yeah. it was just really hard to oh, like dude, it was just really hard to watch sometimes. Because like you we these are characters we've watched for many, many movies and we actually care about these characters and to see them not take anything seriously is kind of off putting. Like, okay, I know you're going to be like, Ned, Ashton, you guys are being way too serious. This is just a comic book movie about gods and space raccoons. Okay? Well, I get it. Okay? I get it. But, like, when you're as invested as we are into these movies, it hurts when you when a director can't find uh, the tone and stick with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it needs to... We need to have a balance. We need a balance. As yeah. Thanos says, balanced. Wait, what was what? Balanced as all things should be. Yes, balanced. Yeah. Balanced as all things should be. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this movie was trying to be like what Ragnarok was. Ragnarok 2.0. And it didn't make sense for this movie. It felt, apparently there's, the original cut was like four hours. So maybe it made a little more sense there. For this movie, it was originally four hours. Which maybe it made a little more sense with some of the humor. But but YTD cut. Yeah, exactly. It felt like a couple producers were like, oh, take all this stuff out. And oh, yeah, put that joke back in or use that joke or whatever. And it just like that makes sense. Yeah, it felt a little like it didn't know what it wanted to be. It felt a little forced. Yeah. 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 And another thing I I it's like it's like like gripe I have with the movie. Um I get it, guys. You like Guns N' Roses. You don't have to play Guns N' Roses every five minutes. Yeah. Like, the opening scene has Welcome to the Jungle, which is the most overused Guns N' Roses song ever. Um, And then it hops in the Sweet Child of Mine um, halfway through the movie, which is my favorite Guns N' Roses song, uh, which is not that surprising. It's a big song. And then in the end, in the final battle, it has November Rain. They're probably their best song. Um, and then, again, at the end of the movie, for the post-credits stuff, it's like um, Sweet Child of Mine again. Like, I, I get it. In Ragnarok, they played, uh, was it Immigrant Song by Led Zeppelin? Yeah. Like, five times. That can annoy me, too. Like, it's, like I said, we're, we're being very nitpicky about, like, little things. But, like, it, it, it matters in, like the big sense of like wanting to have a good movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Paradise City was in it too. Paradise City, I forgot about that too. So yeah. Ashton, yeah. Uh, any, do we have any more stuff to talk about? Uh, things About things we didn't like? Yeah, I have a couple. So going Go off of it. that whole thing, there were too many montages. Yes. Like I, yes. I get it. Like a montage is cool, but dude, there Rocky were at least it, like- That was only a good one. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and I get it. Like, the Thor Ragnarok one looked pretty dope, like the one at the end. But mm-hmm. they tried to do, like, that version, like, so many more times. And it was like, ugh, are you serious? 
Um, I don't know. It just felt it felt forced. That's another thing that felt kind of forced. It's like, oh, hey, people really like this. It kind of because the immigrant song went viral for a time after that movie. Um, And it just I feel like they were trying to bank off of that again and make it, you know, be that which it again, it shouldn't have been. If it yeah. was just too much, like I, I can appreciate a good slow mo and good montage, but it just felt the same. Like, don't yeah. do that. Wait, what you, can, I, um, can I say something really nitpicky and kind of makes it make me sure. sound old? I hate how eighties music is coming back now because I remember when it was cool to like eighties music and no one like play eighties music, but now it's not cool because every single movie has eighties music in it. That's just that's just a that's I, just a small gripe. I'm sorry. I, I remember Guardians when walking up that hill was was meta. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wish Guardians of the Galaxy was the only Marvel movie to still do that. Like they made it iconic, they should be the only one to continue it. I yeah. it doesn't don't make really... sense for any other movies <laughs> to have it. You know what I Not mean? Not really, because it just doesn't I, make sense. Again, like the Guardians of the Galaxy, their whole costumes and everything—it's all '80s style. Peter Quill has this obsession with that music so yeah. it makes a lot it of sense, sense in the context of the story for that movie also if you know anything about james gunn too he's like really big into that stuff whereas for someone like taika watiti to implement that in and it's just like a cool soundtrack overlay but it it's just yeah i agree with that <clears throat> that's something i would want like a, on a fan edit you know what i mean yeah okay Ashley, sorry go ahead sorry i just had yeah to oh no it's good I'm, Another... I'm getting very passionate about this very passionate <laughs> Another thing yeah. I didn't like as much about this movie, and again, I believe Taika when he says he has a four-hour cut, it felt too short. There were some scenes that should have been fleshed out a bit more. I felt very much, like, the pacing felt a little off to me, because there were yes. times where it's like, okay, we're on this planet now, and okay, now we're doing this, and okay, now we're now we're over here. Um, it was just like, yeah, I don't know. I, like... I think from that first scene, um, it was, like, really good. And then they kind of mixed it in with, like, what Thor was doing, and that was like, okay. And then all of a sudden, you get some of this Jane Foster stuff it jumps to, and it's like, oh, we're on Jane now. And then it flips back to Thor, and you're, we're like, okay, now we're at Thor now. And then, you know, we're just Jane, and then Thor, and then all of a sudden, there's just all this stuff, and then they're going on an adventure together, and it was, Yeah. I, I just kind of like, I don't know, and and the end scene, like they're in the shadow realm and then Thor takes Jane back and um, <clears throat> and Valkyrie back uh, to the infirmary on Earth. And then all of a sudden, within five minutes, we're back to him going out and doing all of his stuff. And it was like, OK, now I'm going to save the world. Wish me luck. It just yeah, it was kind of just. Weird, it didn't have yeah. a good transition. I think this movie would have benefited from being again like ten minutes longer, because um, then they could have like they they could have put in dialogue to kind of wrap up some of those scenes and make the transitions a bit smoother. That's my thinking. Yeah, it needed that. It needed that a little bit more. Um, do you have anything to say about that one, or should I keep going? No, keep going. You're good. Go, okay. You're roll. Go Another thing it. I didn't I'm like. Just listening to you, man. Sure. Another thing I didn't like. Gore's character, Christian Bale was terrific. In, oh, okay, I know what you're gonna say. Gore came in. He's this intimidating villain. He has a rich backstory. Actually, that's another thing that kind of I have a big gripe about it. Not specifically about Gore, but I'll I'll jump into that one after. Yeah. Anyway, 
Yeah, so Gore comes in, has this rich backstory and everything. He only kills one dude in this movie, and that's the dude we see at the beginning. He, We don't see him kill anyone else on screen. We see his army attack, we see him kidnap kids, and we're like, oh no, he's a bad guy. But we don't really oh, see yeah, him that's right. kill that's anyone true. else. Coward. So it was like, you know, you're giving us this rich, like, bad guy, someone who could, like, potentially be almost as dark and scary as I, mean, I don't think anyone's really close to Darth Vader hot take but someone yeah. who could be like up there close to like Thanos and he kills I just one wanted dude more. I, wanted more. I wanted more I wanted more gore action you know I want I wanted it to be gory yes gory yeah. gore yeah. yeah gory gore um so that's something that I kind of felt like we should have gotten more of was him just causing havoc i think sif should have died like we should have seen it like thor come in while he's like killing sif or something um i think it was time i think it was time because she's kind of just been dangling along no one really remembers they're like oh yeah she's she's a character here i guess we did see her in loki that was the last time we actually saw her and fans were hyped for that yeah but even i we did see her i forgot i forgot like she's She's not as developed as a character where I can just be like, oh my gosh, it's Sif. It's like, oh, Sif's in, Sif's in this movie. Cool. Yeah, we're not going to fanboy over it. <laughs> yeah. And then another thing that I disliked. Well, again, like not specifically about this character, but it, as a rant as a whole. I miss characters like villains being there to simply cause chaos. Something that makes like Green Goblin and Joker really great like Heath Ledger's Joker really great memorable villains is they're just there to mess crap up like they just want to cause chaos they just want to go after like the good guy they just want to like wreak havoc and I think Gore's story was really well done emotional yeah (laughs) (laughs) I I think Gore's story was really good but I gotta admit I'm getting kind of tired of like the whole oh I need to sympathize with the villain thing I love like gray areas, gray area movies. I think the world's full of it, but it's a fictional movie and black and white is very fictional. So I kind of want to see more of that. I want a bad guy who just comes in there to wreck things. I want a bad guy who's just bad. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, you know, we have movies that did this whole thing very good. Like, for example, like Megamind or Despicable Me where it centers around the bad guy being bad and then you see them go good. Um, But I'm just, I'm kind of tired of like the whole, oh, I need to like, you know, feel empathy for this villain because of this experience. I just want like, you know, this villain represents chaos and this good guy represents like order. And I want that to clash a bit more. Yeah, we haven't really seen that in a long time. Yeah. Um, I want to say since Dark Knight. Technically, I think superhero movie. I, I I think you could argue No Way Home was a little like that. Like it still forces you mm. to empathize a bit with Green Goblin, because you know it's the whole Goblin in his, in Norman's mind thing. But yeah, you true. can kind of also argue that Goblin and Norman are two separate characters, where Norman's uh, kind of I, like I, yeah, that I sep I separate them. I separate them too. That's kind of my approach to it. So Goblin in my mind is like the chaos, like the chaos, chaotic. Uh, character and Norman's like that struggling voice to try to stay centered and that's why like there's just so much conflict in that character which is why he's great mm-hmm. um but yeah you know I, I just kind of I'm, I want the next Thor villain to s- 
just and it kind of teases at the end who the next Thor villain is gonna be. But I'll we'll talk about that after. Yeah, we'll talk about that after. But I just want like a bad guy, you know? Yeah, and I don't think this next guy is gonna be that bad. Probably not. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. One That's pretty thing, much it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. One more thing before we uh, move on. I. I. It's okay. Again, it's a very very small thing. Um, but for once, can we like shoot? A Marvel movie in a very interesting way. Mm. I feel like all the Marvel movies look exactly the same. Yeah, they're kind of mixing uh, together in my head. One thing I loved about um, Doctor Strange, I said right this time, Into the Multiverse, um, is the way it's shot. Mm-hmm. It's shot very dynamic. There's a lot of moving camera shots um, because the director, Sam Raimi, um, is very, very artistic when it comes to shooting that type of like action horror type of stuff especially if you watch uh evil dead and even the spider-man movies those are very artsy very cartoony uh like comic book movies and i feel like something for dr strange really works uh even for like i'm thinking like even like dynamic camera movements in like this movie would be very very good yeah especially since you have like you're in space Would you imagine we had like a tracking shot of like a POV of like Thor flying through space or something. I don't know. Something like that. Very nitpicky, very, very nitpicky, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's kind of, they're just sticking, like, for the most part, all these directors who maybe haven't done anything as big as like Sam Raimi or whoever, it just feels like they're sticking to a simple formula, like a studio built formula for how to shoot these movies. Unfortunately, yeah. And it's, you know, I mean, I, I will say about this movie. Like, Marvel usually does, like, a lot of CG and stuff in their movies, and the past few have kind of, like, really been... You you can tell it's bad CG in some cases. I think this one, though, actually, in the theater, it, it seemed to have pretty decent CGI compared to, yeah. like, No Way Home, in a sense, because they were still editing that while it was in theaters. Like, that's unacceptable in my mind. I think if you're paying to see a movie, it needs to be the finished product. It needs to be done. Yeah. It needs to be done or... Um, have be a theatrical release and yeah, then exactly. have the director's cut later. Yeah, like no one wants no one wants to pay for like half done stuff. You're not gonna like go to a restaurant, uh, pay the money and like the food's not even cooked. Yeah, I mean I know that's kind of maybe kind of a bad analogy, but I I think people just want you to care. Yeah, and I feel like Disney and Marvel's not really they don't care anymore. They're yeah. just making these movies, putting it out, and obviously we're dummies and we love these things because we grew up with these things and they're more than just movies to us. But, like, dude, care a little bit because, you know... Hold them to a higher standard. Because, like, they're, yeah. they're a very rich company. They can afford to take their time a little bit more and maybe not oversaturate the market as much. It just feels a little bit more like a cash grab than a passion project. And I, I we talked about that a little yeah. bit more in our Multiverse of Madness review, I believe. Yeah. I mean, we got, we sound very pretentious, but, like, we're not the only ones who feel this way. A yeah. lot of other Marvel fans feel this way. And we are totally entitled to whatever, you know, this is because we've the movies that, like... That do well. I'm not. I'm not gonna say this did, didn't do well. It's made like 150 million dollars opening weekend, but it 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 needs to be better. They need yep. to just 
they need to care and they need to bring in directors and let them do their thing. Yeah. Because look what happened when we just like let Taika Waititi do his thing. We got Thor Ragnarok. We got Guardians of the Galaxy from James Gunn. And we got, uh, what I think Joan Anthony Russo first did Winter Soldier. Um, Captain America and Winter Soldier. Yeah. And, you know, that's one of my favorite Marvel movies of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need you need fresh voices. That's why I'm saying. Bring in... I, I know you had Chloe, Chloe Zhao already, Joe, whatever. But bring in, like, a few more directors. Bring in, like... Do, um, uh, What's it? Bryce Dallas Howard, who did episodes for The Mandalorian. Bring her in for a movie. Yeah. Why not? Bring Patty Jenkins in. Because she just did a Wonder Woman. Not the second one. The second one was kind of jank <laughs> and weird and all over the place. Um, but she did the first Wonder Woman. That was an amazing movie. Yeah, it was. Twenty minutes, but that's whatever. We just want something. We just want something fresh. We want something that's like wow. It, it's right out of the comics. But, yeah. Yeah. You know yeah. What I'm saying like Thor: Love and Thunder. That one scene, like like I said, that big monster. That was straight out of the comic books. That was. It so was. Cool. Like there, there are certain scenes like that where you can just tell that the people writing this are actual fans themselves. Yeah. But you know, it's also we also have to remember like they're also business people. Like this is a multi-billion-dollar industry that they're in, and I think we have the right to hold them to a higher standard as fans I mean, yeah. to say, you know, like giving us a, a half-baked project, even if it's not the whole project. Overall, I think this was like a good movie. I wouldn't necessarily oh, call no, this one half baked, but I would say like, you know, don't give us um, some of this other stuff. Like like with No Way Home, don't give us half baked CGI. Push the movie release another month, or yeah. it would have made perfect sense for them to release that movie um, like later because Eternals came out like just a couple weeks before. It probably felt like, it felt a little more like a Sony decision in that scenario. I think so. I think it would have been other because I think Disney would have they they like to spread out their releases, um, and I think that's part of the reason why Eternals didn't do as good because people were like, "Oh, Spider Man's coming out like just in a couple weeks, so maybe I'll wait to see that one." Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, like we we sound very nitpicky, but the fact that we're taking time out of our lives and talking about it on a podcast, editing the video, and then posting it online shows that we care. Oh yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, and it's... all we ask in return is free tickets to Disneyland. <laughs> if, if anyone and Disney's listening, sponsor us. Um, we'll, we'll, we want the ten thousand um, dollar, um, like pack where you can fly to every Disneyland in the world. Please, I would appreciate that. Yeah, on, on that private jet, I I would muchly appreciate that. Um, we will we'll, we will do a whole episode about it and vlog it. <laughs> Speaking things. Or speaking of things that I appreciate, I don't know, are, are we done with this topic? Or Oh, yeah, no, go for it. We're okay. Done. Go for it. I want to talk about, I'm just looking at, at kind of our recording time here. How, um, how much, how much, how, how far are we in? My track's saying like 48. We... 48 minutes? <laughs> Already? I want to spend a little time talking now about um, kind of my emotional reaction to this movie. So Nat and I were talking after I saw yeah. this movie, and I was like, "Dude, I I teared up in the theater." Um, I think I, I know why. Do I know why? Yeah, and that's because of the Jane Foster storyline. So Jane Foster, yes, the Mighty Thor, she kind of comes in as this character, and I think 
when she was in Dallas, we're like, oh my gosh, she's going to be the new Thor. She's going to, you know, like Chris Hemsworth is probably due to retire soon. She's going to take over. She's going to kick some butt. Um, that's kind of, I was in that like mindset. I think a lot of people were. And she dies in this movie. Um, and a, she dies in probably the most relatable way we've ever seen in a superhero movie. Uh, she dies because of cancer. Um, yeah. and in this movie and warning, cause this next little segment that I'm it might be triggering yes. might be a little triggering. Yes. So just if you're sensitive to that, then maybe skip ahead. Um, but yeah, it, it was crazy because I think this, there was an actual stake involved in this movie and no one really expected them to kill off the mighty Thor this way, because in the comics, she's a rich character. There's a lot there. And they they ended up doing it. I was like, I that came out of left field for me. I wasn't expecting that. That was like a really big twist. Like I would say it was actually probably a bigger twist than Iron Man dying in Endgame because we all knew RDJ's contract yeah. was going up. We didn't know that Natalie Portman was like she was gonna come back for this one movie to end Jane's character pretty much. Yeah, um, I hope they do a what if. <laughs> yeah, it'd be kind of cool to see a what if with her. Um, yeah, so. I found this emotional uh, just because, you know, it's, again, it's the most relatable way a superhero has died in a superhero movie. Um, yeah. Usually, you know, it's like, oh, Iron Man died from snapping his fingers with the Infinity Stones. Like, okay. Or half the world went away because of the Infinity Stones. Or, you know, Coulson gets stabbed through the heart. It's like, okay. Um, sure. But this one, it's like, no, like, there's actual... She decided she made an intentional sacrifice to put herself kind of back into the like suppressing her immune system and weakening herself intentionally to go and save Thor and the kids, um, making a heroic sacrifice, knowing fully well what was going to happen and that she would be giving into her, her battle with cancer, um, which is actually pretty emotional because in the post credit scene, we see her go into Valhalla. She didn't die in which battle, is which is heaven. Uh, she didn't die in battle, and we were told in the movie earlier on, clearly, that the rules are you have to die in battle to get into Valhalla. She didn't die in battle with gore. She died in battle to cancer, which is why she made it into Valhalla. Because yeah. cancer is actually which a real battle. It's so much more powerful than anything in the film. It's so much more powerful than anything. Yeah. You know, like, within the past couple of years, I've, I myself have lost way too many people to cancer. Um, last year, a very close family member of mine had a scare where we thought they might have cancer um and cancer sucks sucks, like for real it's one of those things where it's like you know i think most of us can relate to losing someone or knowing someone who's lost someone close to cancer it's one of those things like a disease yeah yeah exactly it's one of those things that we kind of like we all kind of fear it as well as humans because it's just so popular it's a popular common cause of death and you know to have a character go out that way was just like it hit me really hard personally in the feels and yeah i like legitimately just teared up a little bit because i was like yo yeah i saw they did this i was just kind of like this a little bit and uh yeah it didn't last for too long but you know it's it it just kind of hit me in in an area where no marvel movie has hit me like that before which is kind of why i gave this movie I, we'll go into ratings later, I guess. I gave this movie a little bit of a higher rating in my mind because 
no other movie has it's really hard to do something like that in a movie um to naturally kill off a character with such a nasty thing in a tasteful way especially um, like in a Marvel movie <laughs> yeah I think that's part of a reason why A Walk to Remember is like my favorite movie of all time because it just does that so well um and you know knowing that this movie has like really big emotional stakes with Jane's character is like dang you know so and I think it was yeah. great to g- give her character closure and and as someone in Thor's life and you know it I personally thought like oh they're gonna be together at the end of the movie and then there's gonna be like or maybe there's gonna have to be like a sacrifice play and they're gonna have to go their own separate ways or something at the end but she she dies which is wild anyway yeah that's kind of the biggest thing for me in this movie no dude awesome thanks so much uh yeah no when i mean cancer's not oh yeah let's say cancer um Cancer is not the first time that uh, the MCU has dealt with it. Um, yeah, I did it with Peter Quill's mom. Peter Quill's mom and Guardians of the Galaxy, um, and even that that was that was a true emotional heartbeat of the film. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this movie did really good job with it, uh, and I really appreciate that. Like they actually like had the balls, and you know, like you said, did t- very tastefully. Um, in a manner that, like, doesn't really, you know, make fun of it, per se, um, but just puts it in more of a right spot than maybe other movies would. And uh, the character of Jane Foster, I, 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 I wanted more. Yeah. So when she died, I'm like, oh, man. Um, but I think that just the way she went out, I'm like, Okay. She's done. Sure. Like, awesome. I mean, if this is the way they want to put it out, sure, I'm fine with that. You know what I mean? And like I said, I I love the fact that, um, actually, no. Yeah, well, you talked about it, right? At the end, um, she's in, in the post-grad scene, she's in Valhalla. Like, as Guardian Heaven. And, you know, um, she meets up with Heimdall there. And I think that that's a really powerful moment uh, because... You know, Heimdall was one of Thor's best friends, mm-hmm. and Th- uh, Jane was the the love of Thor's life. And you know, for them to meet like that, I think it's very powerful. And just you know, it it's making us more emotional than it should. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, yeah, you know, like the emotional beats. I mean, yeah, we both agree this movie was felt too forced in the humor department. But everything it did emotionally was really it well hit. done. It hit yeah. hard. Like, there was some part of you that really just... You felt... Your heart felt heavy for these characters. Um, I want to see... That's another reason why we want good tone. Because yeah. we just don't want one sad moment and, like, a bunch of, like, laugh tracks. <clears throat> but then, you know, at the end of this movie, it kind of gives us a little bit more of a hopeful tone. Because yeah. Gore makes the sacrifice play as well to bring his daughter back. And, you know, he pretty much gives his daughter to thor and fun fact the daughter's actually played by chris hemsworth's like real life daughter which is pretty cool which is awesome it's awesome but yeah so like thor as a character his arc in the past couple movies has really sucked because he lost his whole planet for starters he lost his dad he lost his mom he lost his brother he just lost his His best friend his (laughs) best yeah he lost his best friend he lost like 
you know Jane, like his his love interest in this movie, and um, the heroes three, yeah, and you really kind of he lost his eye, like what the frick? Um, oh yeah, we always forget about that. Yeah, and you just kind of feel like man, this character's lost a lot, but then the the end of the movie, like he definitely loses more than he gains, but what he gains is pretty special. Um, he kind of gains. gains a whole- daughter yeah a whole daughter someone who he can kind of you know be an authority figure a role model he can kind of settle down with but not in a romantic way in it like a you know i have this this responsibility now now. yeah (laughs) yeah um which i'm 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 all for i want more superhero movies to do this like i'm kind of tired of like the whole like love life thing maybe that's because i'm still single um (laughs) as of as of recording um, probably by the time you're listening to this too. Uh, dang it. Um, <laughs> dang, <laughs> yeah. So you single ladies. Uh, hey. <laughs> yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of just, you know, I'm, I'm down for more parental love in these movies. Um, and I think that was like, you know, it kind of gave us a hopeful beat for Thor's life. He's like, he and his daughter going out and kicking some butt at the end. Um, so cool. yeah, I thought that was like terrific. Kicking butt to Guns N' Roses. <laughs> yeah, which, you know, maybe that wasn't as much. But I'm I'm just excited for whatever, you know, whatever stories they have left to tell with Thor as a character before Chris Hemsworth decides to retire. Whatever, whenever that. How many movies does he have had from his contract? Like two or three? I can't remember. Something like that. I mean, he said he said now that he's done doing those massive bulk up sessions for Thor movies because he's just getting too old at this point to keep doing that kind of stuff he had to like yo he was so jacked in this he movie. was so jacked he was big he had to like f- do a lot of molding to his body a lot of like manipulating to his body type in a workout setting which is not easy um especially when the body, when, hard on the mind yeah especially when you're kind of the body type he is and he went for more bulk rather than what most actors do uh, where they just complement their body type and kind of go for, you know, they, they work out certain muscle groups where they're getting, like, the abs in and anything that just needs to look good on camera. And then within, th- like, three days, it starts deteriorating. Um, but for him, he had to keep that up during filming. And it was, like, mm-hmm. crazy. And all throughout COVID and everything, while he's getting ready for this movie, it's, like, insane. Yeah. All right. Ashley, let's talk about the post-credit scene that we haven't talked about yet. Sure. <laughs> and then... Uh, Wrap her up, what do you say? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so uh, the first post-credit scene is uh, Russell Crowe um, playing Zeus. And, you know, uh, in the movie, um, Thor shoots um, Zeus with his lightning bolt and presumably kills him, but I kind of know he didn't die. Um, so it's him kind of just sitting with his, let's call, what do you want to call them, concubines? Uh, lady friends? yeah. With his concubine slash lady friends, <laughs> and they're just he's just like you know he has a whole model like he's like you know us gods we we're you know we're painted as superheroes now and people don't want uh they don't want to see the bad things in their in the heroes because you know the whole expression never meet your heroes um and you know obviously it's it's a thing now because I know Thor feels the exact same way um, because you know of being an Avenger. Uh, and then he's like, will you take care of this, my son? And then it pans. And it's Hercules, played by 
<laughs> you know, I forgot his name. Uh, so he he's in Ted Lasso. Ash, have you seen Ted Lasso yet? Uh, I've watched a couple episodes, but I I don't think I've Bye. seen enough to get invested. I need to do that. By Brett Goldstein, um, playing Hercules. He looks it's coming at it's it looks super weird, but <laughs> it's uh, comic accurate and um. So I guess they're going into like Norse mythology, which is I think it's pretty cool. Is is Hercules Norse or is he Greek? Because I know oh my the gosh, comics Greek. kind of like Greek. mix some of that stuff up. That's I don't totally know if like bad. Norse mythology also overlap. I don't know. Either way, it's kind of cool. I think they're just taking see. liberties at this point. Yeah. It's a uh, Greek, <clears throat> Greek Greek. Okay. Yeah, it's my bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, they're just taking liberties at this point. I mean, Hercules is in the comics anyways, so it makes sense. Yeah. And, you know, it's not like we've never seen a live-action Hercules before. Multiple Dwayne Johnson, time. I'm looking at you, John Travolta. <laughs> Wasn't there another one? I feel like there was. Oh, my goodness. I think even but the, was, Once Upon a Time, I think there was one. I forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. There's Hercules, Her, another Hercules, Hercules in the Conquest of Atlantis, Her, and then Hercules, The Legendary Journeys. Oh, didn't Le- Liam Neeson play? That was the Atlantis one? Or no, the artist no. was like Kevin Sorbo. Oh, okay. Um, Ryan Gosling played young Hercules in something. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger played Hercules in something else, too. It's Those ones were probably a little more accurate to the actual mythology he's from. I think the MCU is just going to twist some things up. If there's no music in the next Hercules movie, I'm going to be so mad. If he doesn't sing Go the Distance, I'm going to be so miffed. <laughs> I just want them to make a joke about that whenever he appears on screen with Thor. Like, just say just say the line, I'm going to go the distance or something as a catchphrase. Like, that would just be so it's funny. It's Disney. You're allowed. You own it. You own it. Do it, you cowards. I dare you. Do it. Do <laughs> yeah. it. You don't bet have you the won't. balls, bet you Disney. won't. <laughs> um yeah, so that's pretty much it uh, for that postcard scene. And then obviously it's the one we talked about with Jade entering Valhalla and meeting Heimdall and it pans up to Valhalla and there's like this big, um, what was it, lodge kind of palace thing. Super, looked super cool. It I looked very Viking cool. or Viking-y, like ha- something you see in How to Train Your Dragons or something. Exactly, I was about to say. Love yeah. that movie. Great movies. Watch those oh. movies if you haven't. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ashton, is there anything else? We talked for a length about this movie. We did. There was a lot to talk about. I think with these Marvel reviews, like, we just kind of, I think we're both getting to a point where we have a lot of things we, we're kind of getting tired of, and it's, and I feel like we, we need to air those. Too. We expect more, but we're getting tired of certain things, and sometimes these movies just don't deliver the way that, and, yeah. you know, we would like them to as fans, and as we would expect other fans that, the to deliver them um yeah it's you know yeah but again there's like a lot of emotional cues in this movie Nat, what's your rating my rating and i and i put it on imdb as well i gave this movie a six out of ten um one is because i feel like there's a lot more um bad things about the movie than there is good things um but what what i gave it the six for is there are very funny moments um, I will admit, uh, there are very, some very funny moments. Um, the acting from um, Christian Bale and I, honestly, everyone else is pretty good. And uh, the emotional beats when it hits, it hits. And you know, I love and 
I just love seeing this guy with a big axe swing it around and kill a bunch of nameless enemies. So, six out of ten. Good job. Try again next time. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Ashton, your score. Yeah, I gave this a seven out of ten. Mostly just because, like, I, I still think Ragnarok's better. But I gave this yes, a seven out of ten because, again, I talked about it. The emotional hits for me personally with having lost so many people to cancer within the past five mm-hmm. years that you know this movie just it hits on a deeper level and i think if you if you have lost someone recently in that regard and it was like yeah i think or if you're going through something like that right now i think this movie will kind of like hit hit you a little harder than it you know a typical marvel movie would um so again be weary if like you're just listening to the review now before you like going in if you're one of those weird people be weary of that um if you've already seen it and you know you you felt kind of a similar thing then let us know we're on instagram we're on youtube we're on (laughs) spotify can you comment on spotify i don't think so uh instagram youtube we'll just say spotify you can email us at nurse and flannel podcast at gmail.com yeah, uh, and if you know our personal accounts on Instagram or whatever, message us. Let's talk. And uh, hey, and we're always looking for more people to come on the pod as guests. Yeah, there you go. We so haven't had too many guests in the summer. Pod. We need we need more guests. No, um, there is two guests who want to come on. I'm just trying to find a time um that will work for all four of us. Yeah, um, because we all live in opposite directions. Well, you live close to a, a, another person, but the other person I live nowhere near you. So yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ashton, anything else before you we wrap her up? Yeah. One last thing. Um, where would you rank this in like the four Thor movies we have? Where would you place this? Oh, uh, easily number two. Easily okay. number two. Um, it goes. I'll go Thor: The Dark World, Thor One, Love and Thunder, and Ragnarok. I, I think went, that's what most people would have. Yeah, that's my same rating. Um, now in terms of the MCU. Oh, would this you put is this like one? bottom 50%. Okay. Yeah. I think I would do it. <clears throat> I liked this movie. I think I'd do this as my number. Actually, I'm not going to read through the whole thing. I would put this movie uh, over Shang-Chi. Oh, okay. Oh, if we're going to do it that way, I think I put it over. I put it over the Eternals. Over the Eternals? I have Which is the, over Black Panther for those who don't know my list. Yeah, this is over Black we should, Panther. We need for me to do a well. redo of that. We, we need, need to do, to do like a redo because I think I have to think this through a little bit more. But right now, my instinctive reaction, and again, I have to rewatch this again, and then like that will help me figure out where to put it. Because if you go off the first showing, it's great, but you still have a lot of that initial emotion. Once you go for the second one, you can be a little more of a critic. Um, yeah. I think I would do this as my number. 17 movie which is just under oh, okay. the first avengers for me and just above shang chi i think that lines up for me too i think around mid teens i think yeah so um the, i think the question <clears throat> everyone is asking ashton is are you going to see this again yeah i probably will um but i don't think i'm going to see it in anything fancy like when we went just to see this the first regular. time we saw it in vip which was like dope my first vip theater experience um, yeah, okay, wait, quick, quick, <coughs> quick review about the VIP theater. How was it for you? Washrooms, I've had, I've, I've seen better washrooms 
they said VIP washrooms, and I was like, okay. Uh, they weren't I love bad, how the though. first thing you talked about was the bathrooms. Yeah. That's they so they weren't bad. They were all single stalls, which was kind of nice. I felt very important in there. Because um, yes. I had some very important business to do if you catch my drift. <laughs> yeah. um, very important. <laughs> very important. Uh, yeah, but... And the food was great. <clears throat> we ended up going during the whole Canada-wide Rogers shutdown, so debit machines weren't working. Thankfully, I had to get cards <laughs> yeah. cash, so that worked out. Um, yeah, food was great drink was great and overall i think it, i think it was awesome i i think i want to save like my next vip showing for a more of a special movie what's coming out that would be special though what do you think i don't know i just avatar? dropped my phone i feel like with avatar i want to see that more in imax or screen x or something oh dude screen x would be insane for that yeah Okay, well, when that when tickets come out for that, we'll buy them immediately. They're probably yeah. and it comes out on the last day of school too, so that kind of works oh, out nice. for all of us. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, cool. Yeah, I've been to a few uh, VIP uh, movies before that, so yeah, it's okay. It's okay, I guess. <laughs> okay, that's very important if you can tell. Hey, but the, like I said, the food was good. Truffle fries were oh oh that it was a good value too. Yeah, $9 for this like, huge plate of, like, truffle fries? I can like, have one to myself. Like, if you were to buy McDonald's large fries, you'd probably come close to about $9 to get that same quantity. Like, as much as you got on that plate. Like, that was probably no, a combination. Would it be more? Would because it be more? large fries like, three-something. Yeah. And then you'd need at least, like, four of those, man. Yeah, I guess that's fair, yeah. So, in terms of that, it's a pretty good value. Because you get truffles on it. Yeah. And it was just really good. The sauces. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode of Nerds and Flannel. Uh, look out for our um, next What You're Watching episode. Um, and eventually, we want to do a favorite movies of 2022 so far. Yeah. Uh, we'll probably do a redux of our top 10 movies of all time. And maybe a couple other things we uh have in the vault and you know just things that just come to our mind because um let's be real we watch movies a lot <laughs> um and you know we watch a lot of tv so um we want to talk about that eventually yeah ash anything else before we wrap her up i think i'm good all right guys until next time i'm nat and i'm ashton and we, we are, are the, the nerds, nerds in, in flannel, flannel. Woo! Woo! peace <laughs>